Welcome to the Sermon Amp Podcast. I'm Joseph Wheat, pastor and host. Today we're going to be looking back for a few minutes at the third woe of Jesus in Matthew 23, 16 through 22. But stick around for the second part of the podcast and you'll hear an interview with Doug and Kristen Walters. And you won't want to miss that because they're going to be detailing quite a journey with the Lord. But first, let's go back to Matthew 23. Woe to you blind guides who say if anyone swears by the temple, it's nothing. But if anybody swears by the gold of the temple, he's bound by that oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold of the temple or that which has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anybody swears by the gift on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes it sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. You know, Jesus basically is bringing out this woe to the Pharisees because they have added to the idea of oaths and promises. Anytime we add to the Bible, that's going to be a problem. And Jesus basically says, you've made distinctions without a difference just so that you can get some loopholes to get out of your promises. You know, Jews would not use the name of God, and so they would swear by the temple or swear by the the altar of the temple, and that kind of was shorthand for God. But then the Pharisees said, no, you got to swear by the gold of the temple, and that's the, you know, that's what makes it binding. Well, it all turned out that this was just a bunch of extra stuff so that later they could say, well, I didn't really swear by the, 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 the altar, or I really didn't swear by... And Jesus catches them in this, and he really, he really calls them out for adding to the scriptures. You know, we need to believe the plain meaning of scripture. We don't need to add to it. Sometimes we read the plain meaning of scripture, and our world says, hey, that's not what it means at all. It actually means, and there's this long argument, this superstructure of all kind of tangential things that is supposed to persuade us when we see that it just says right here very clearly what God is saying. Now, Jesus came forward full of grace and truth. You know, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners, the lowest rung of people in that Jewish society. And so we look at, the, look at him and we say, well, see, Jesus just loved people and he tolerated people, but he, he came forth with grace and truth. It was the truth that really transformed these people that he loved. And what we need to do is clear away all the stuff that's not from the scriptures And we need to just believe the scriptures. We need to believe in the one that God has sent. That's what Jesus says. You've got all this extra stuff and you missed me, the Messiah, to just believe. Repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. But we also 
can love people with just simply what the Bible says and really put forward Jesus by our love and our actions and also by our words. This is not what twists them around the axle and gets them to do more and more and all these things. This is what sets them free by coming to know him. Welcome to the second segment of the podcast, and I am sitting across my office from Doug and Kristen Walters, two of my close friends, two of my favorite Highlanders. Thank you all for being here today. Thank, Thank you. you. We're laughing because we just did like 15 minutes of an interview and I forgot to push the button. <laughs> so this is take two. Um, y'all been here for five years. Uh, I remember when y'all walked through the door. That was a good day for this church, by the way. Uh, we pretty much fell in love with y'all instantly. And, um, you know, in seminary, you think about the kind of people you really hope one day will be in your church. Y'all's family is like that to me because you, you love the Lord, uh, you're raising your kids in the faith, and you guys really have uh, a discernible, actionable priority that you put on the kingdom and on God's church, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> but we want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, if you are a person that worships at Highlands or if you're going to try us out, uh, in the second service, about all the way down to the fourth row, right on the center, right part of center, you will see Doug and Kristen and their three uh, strapping young, uh, not really young, that young anymore, young men. Man. They are men now. All taller than me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we love this family. So, Doug, you are from Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, I um, was uh, born in... 1969 and uh, Baptist Hospital downtown Jackson and I grew up in South Jackson and I went to uh, Oak Forest Elementary, Whitten Junior High School and graduated from Forest Hill High School and um, uh, my father was a, is an artist and taught in the Jackson Public Schools and my mother was a homemaker and we attended Altowitz Presbyterian Church. You know, I love your parents, both of your parents. I know both of their parents. Um, they're just great, great people, and Doug showed me a little bit of his dad's art. It's fantastic, it's particularly some of the stuff he's done about the Delta. Yeah. I really enjoy that. It was, it was. I actually made one of those my screensaver on my phone for a while. So I, you can tell your dad I was carrying around his art for quite some time. Um, and Kristen, uh, because we had a 15-minute, <laughs> I do know more about your life than I did yes. 15 minutes ago. You were born here, weren't you? Yes, I was, a seminary baby. And your parents came down from where? They came down from uh, the Boston, Massachusetts area is where they lived around at the time. Um, and they came here in, I believe, 1973 or 74, mm -hmm. and I was born in 75. Okay. And he was going to seminary, um, and they moved up to Massachusetts back when I was about three, so about 78, and planted a church up there. Okay, so, you know, I was a church planter uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. There were lots of people that wanted to be a part of that. You know, Southern culture is a little easier, I think, to be a, plant a church. 
to plant a church in the northeast or the northwest, for that matter, those corners are are is really pretty tough. So I have a lot of admiration. Um, you were telling me they started out from nothing, going door to door. That's amazing. We call that now parachute church planting, where you just kind of parachute in um, and just like hard scrabble church planting. For sure. Yeah. You remember those early days? Yes, I, I do. It was it was a blessing to grow up in the church and um, always having people coming in and out of our home and and um, just seeing up close ministry. Yeah, and how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have Kristen? two older sisters and an older brother. So okay, okay. All right, so somehow the Mississippi boy and the Boston girl got together. Tell us about that. It's really just so cool to me to look back and see how God orchestrated everything together. You know, um, when my dad was in seminary here, Altowitz Presbyterian, um, that's where they went to church and they supported my father. Hmm. Um, and so Doug's father was an elder in the church at the time and they became friends. Um, and so they've, they had kept in touch through the years. And when I was 15, we came back the first time I came back, um, and Doug, um, Doug's dad ran into my dad and said, y'all come over for dinner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As my father will do, he'll yeah. invite anybody. To dinner. <laughs> and his mom is the most wonderful cook. And she was like, sure, come on. Oh, so, um, were you at that dinner? I, I don't remember. Uh, I was I was uh, kind of wild at that point, so I may yeah. not have been home. I was I I had a a lot of years where I um, was running away from God and running away mm-hmm. from anything that my parents wanted, and I was in just pure rebellion for a long time. And uh, mm. but I, I did see her, you know, from time to time through there, and. Uh, <laughs> I remember I, I remember playing basketball. She came out and was playing horse with me one time out there <laughs> on the, in the driveway. And I remember, I think we went to the movie store together. Mm-hmm. She she rode me to the movie he was store. Like brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was older. Yeah. I mean, I really or at least you thought. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I really didn't think of her. You know, she's just my yeah. little sister's friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it was when she moved here later that I that I really yeah. Tell us about how you got down here. Yeah. So when we um, when I met his mom and dad, and he has a younger sister who's my age, and we just kind of struck up a friendship. And so, and his dad invited me um, that summer down to a missions trip to Crystal, New Mexico, with their church. And I thought that okay. Was and what tell tell us a little bit about that that mission trip. Um, well, we would go down every summer. It was mission trip to New Mexico. It was with Doug's father, Doug's sister, mm-hmm. and his younger brother and the church at Alta Woods, and we would go down there and To the Navajos. To the Navajos. Yeah, yes. which is interesting because our youth for the last 13 years have gone to the Yakima Indians in yeah. Yakima, Washington. So... Your Tucker ki- has not been yet. Okay. We really want him to go. Yeah, we I got COVIDed out this year. Yeah. Um, next year, hopefully, it'll be open. But that's really cool that, like, what you were doing, what you guys both were doing yeah. as young people, your kids are, are doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you moved on down here. Yes, I did. 
So I would come down in the summers. I would visit his sister to come for a month at a time, and I just loved the South. And when I graduated high school, my brother also, who is um, a minister, he wanted to go to seminary to RTS. And so I said, I'll move with you. (laughs) So I came down, and that was in May, and by the next October, we were married. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, About... A little while before they moved here, I had started to, the Holy Spirit had really started putting the pressure on me, like, you are not doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. and Your uh, heart's not right. Yeah, and I was I was really getting convicted. I, I mean, I knew the whole time, it, it's weird to live like that and know the truth, mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you're never without the guilt of knowing. Yeah, you're, well, and your conscience was informed by the Word of God for many years, yes. laid in there. Yes, and I knew I knew Scripture. Alta Woods had an amazing youth ministry, and I knew the Scriptures, and I knew... I knew I knew theology, and yeah. so, so I. So you were literally running. Oh yeah, I was running. <laughs> I was running, but I finally quit running, and and yeah. and um, I had started to to pull back from all that uh, about the time Kristen moved here. You know, our and, our sin does just grind us down. Yeah. Uh, you you, there's an idea in our culture that freedom is freedom to do whatever we want to, and without regard to whether it's right, wrong, whatever. But man, that just grinds us down. And and it's it's so clear how bad for you it is mm-hmm. spiritually and physically, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just so much better for you to, to live how God wants you to live, and your 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 life is so much happier. And I think of, I mean, I know like the the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. It's so it, it's so touching to me because you know I came back and God, you know blessed me with this beautiful woman <laughs> to be my wife and I I certainly didn't deserve it and and I mean he gave me these three beautiful kids I have and it's just yeah. it's pretty amazing and you know forgiveness yeah so you said when we were doing this the first time you you drove up one day tell us about that yeah, yeah. well I drove up with some buddies we we pulled up in front of my mom and dad's house and Kristen was out in the front washing her car I think and I looked over and I said wow she's, <laughs> she's not a little girl anymore <laughs> and, and, and by it, october it, yeah I, I i took her on a date in the that week i think <laughs> I, I took her out to outbacks so. <laughs> well and then they don't they, they stay in mississippi for a while but they don't stick around in mississippi this family's moving up to new england tell us about that yep we got married in 1995 We had um, Cameron, our first son, in 1997, and we had Colin in 2001, and having kids just made me miss my mom and dad and my sisters, and I was lonely, and Doug worked out of town a lot, and I just, I really wanted to move up there, so we prayed about it, and I was just on him for quite a while. <laughs> and I and I told her when we when we were going to get married, I'd said I will not be moving to New England. So <laughs> just understand that if we get married, I'm going to stay in the south. Yeah. So, Lord don't send me to Africa kind right, of thing. Right, right. Yeah. And so God said, "Oh, really? You're not moving to New England." Huh? So. so it just worked out with his job at the time and it God just worked out all the details and wow. we moved up there in spring of 2003. And we lived there for 13 years, where Tucker was born, 2005. Mm-hmm. He's our Yankee baby. <laughs> so. 
So, and y'all were a part of your parents' church, yes. which I think is great thing. because, you know, just being a church planner and, and Gina and I started a church with nine people and no money, but it wasn't in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so great that, you know, Doug, the Lord just brought you home and, and Doug just loves the Lord. Both of y'all do. Um, for y'all to be able to really be a part of what your parents have been doing for quite some time. I just think that's cool. I loved it. I loved being back there and being involved as, as an adult, you know, as a church member, (laughs) yeah, it was a really neat thing to be back there and be involved and actually, you know, be there as an adult and serve and and be part of it. Now, had you started doing photography at that point? I started probably in about, she's a great photographer, by the way. Yes. You really are. Thank you. That's what I've heard from I other people, so Kristen. Much. I love it. It's the best job. I get to to cuddle the babies yeah. always. <laughs> um, yeah, I started that probably in about 2009. Mm-hmm. I started to just get into that. Just it kind God just kind of worked it so well. I've always loved children and yeah. When you mention babies, explain why you mentioned babies. Yes, I'm a newborn to one year photographer. So just babies in that first year. Neat. I have a studio in the front of my house, and they come in, and we just have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It started, actually started, we got a a little cheap digital SLR camera because she loved photography. She loved taking pictures. And actually, you had just a regular camera at that point. But anyway, she had taken pictures of the boys and and some scenery and things. And Mm -hmm. my father, being the artist, Mm -hmm. saw them, and he said, Kristen... Wow. He okay. said, you've got it. You've got, you got an eye. Yeah. You know, yeah. How you, you, you've got a natural eye. You know how to do composition. She never even really studied it much. And yeah. since then she has. But, but yeah. yeah, my mother uh, was a, a good watercolor artist. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with an artist. His so dad does a lot of watercolor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the one on my screensaver was watercolor. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you, mom, if you're listening as well. <laughs> and to Kristen's parents for planning a church in New England. <laughs> Okay, so you're just kind of living your life. And I remember you saying, Doug, that that actually was good for you to kind of get out of the South for a while. It really was. It was a huge culture shock, but, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a, in a good way. Um, it, 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 it really made you see the world and you. Because in the South, you know, it's, it's so muddied, you know. Yeah. The, would you call it the glaze? Yeah, the like a glazed glaze donut. Someone <laughs> called it the Southern Gospel glaze. Like the yeah. whole culture's glazed with the gospel. Yeah, I think. I but said, not really deep in our hearts. I think I said earlier that there ain't there ain't no glaze up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will mock God to your face, and 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 yeah. There's no, you know, you yeah. know, you you know who the Christians are. Yeah, it, loving people takes on a different, a uh, little different demand there. You it, know, it really does, and and um. And it also, it, to learn another culture, you know, to mm-hmm. learn that people are very, very abrupt there and very short, but they're also, they're still people, and they're, yeah. they're so, they have some really they're good qualities. Yeah, their yes, their yes is yes. yes. That's right. And, and yeah. That, and that, that is the way I grew up. And okay. Coming to the South, it was a little different, because I just, I'm right out there. <laughs> yeah, and all this indirect communication down here. Yes. Took a little while to get used yeah. to me. But I loved what you, when you said you, you just love the South, you know, Larney and Anna Shinnick, yes. our business administrator, he has this great thing. They, somebody will say, no, you're not from here, are you? Yeah. And he says, no, but I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> I, 
I know. That's great. <laughs> I laughed when I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just kind of third child, um, working, being a part of a, a great church, and then cancer. When was that, and what was that, Doug? It was, uh, I think... And y'all, I, Doug's a real strapping person, so when, if you haven't <laughs> met them, he's tall, and, I mean, so we're going to, we're about to hear a story of cancer, and and the Lord really being at work in many ways, but go, go back to... Yeah, um, it was, I got diagnosed in 2015, but I, I started having problems, uh, severe abdominal pain, uh, probably a couple of years before that, so... It's probably been about eight years that I've I've been I've had it, mm-hmm. and uh, I, the doctors just couldn't figure out what was going on with me, and um, they were you know trying this, trying that, and it's which is very typical with the kind of cancer I have. I have uh, neuroendocrine tumor syndrome, so it's a form mm-hmm. of carcinoid cancer, and, and that's in your stomach. It's in my abdominal abdominal area. Abdominal so area. It's, it's Sorry, in, it's in. I have it in my my liver, my bladder my yeah so it's it's pretty it's my peritoneum it's it's, you guys are using words that i don't even know what (laughs) it means (laughs) i didn't know them. yeah you know them now don't you i found out what that was Uh, yeah (laughs) but um it's it's a slow growing form of cancer uh so it is treatable there the there's definitely worse types of cancer um but it's been a struggle uh over yeah. the years to go through uh, with yeah. a lot of surgeries um, yeah. and and treatments and things like that. But it's also been a real blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, You've learned a lot through it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you learn, you know, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus in the end of Matthew 6, he says, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, not that I don't worry anymore. Yeah, when you wonder if you're going to have a tomorrow, today yeah. has a different feel, and is that what you're saying? Yes, and mm-hmm. you can really enjoy the days, the good days. And, and you know, that's how you come to realize, I've been living my life, you know, waiting on this great thing to happen. and mm-hmm. Which is so happen. American. Yeah, yeah, know. and it's, that may not happen. And that's what, yeah. I think that's what Jesus was saying. What are you doing? Yeah, show up for your own life yes. now pre- with me, with be, me. Be present where you're at today. I mm-hmm. Enjoy what I've given you today. That's so good. Because you may not be here tomorrow. God, that's, you don't control tomorrow. God does. Yeah. And, and that's not just for cancer. That's life. Yeah. Cancer brought that into focus just, for you. That, that's right. So if I remember correctly, and I may not, um, that had gotten better and was on the cancer was on the run. And by the time God opened up a door to come back down here, right? Absolutely, yeah. In 2015, he had surgery in mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a great prognosis at the time, said um, they did a resection. They got everything. They got the lymph nodes. And they felt like he would not have any more problems with it and that he was good and didn't have to have any kind of chemotherapy or anything. Um, and so we were just praising God and so thankful. Mm-hmm. And they said, just proceed with your scans once a year and blood yeah. work. And it was that way for four years. Mm-hmm. And y'all moved down here in the, in the, in that interim 
time. Yes, 2016 we moved here because yeah. we, we had prayed about coming back and Cameron wanted to go to college down here. Yeah. And after that happened, we were like, life is short. <laughs> we're yeah. just going to go ahead Well, and do I, it. <laughs> I can only say from the Highland side of the equation, we are so thankful y'all did move back oh, here. we are too. And we love your boys. I want to go a little bit more into this particular story in a minute, but mm-hmm. let's take a break. Tell us just a little bit about your boys. What uh, what what are they each like? Let's start with Cameron, the oldest. Yes. Cameron is 24. He is our old soul, our perfectionist. <laughs> um, he excels in everything he attempts. He's a nurse at Baptist Hospital. Yeah, very sincere yeah. about whatever he's doing. Serious. Yeah. He's very serious. Love yeah. Cameron. Yes. And Colin is our middle boy. Um, he's 20 and he is going to MC for electrical engineering right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, he is the joy and craziness. So he's a little joy bug. He, <laughs> yes. He's always been just the lovey one and affectionate and funny. And he's just, he puts the pop in our days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love all three of your boys. I love talking to him and then Tucker, the caboose. Yeah, Tucker is our, <laughs> I always call him a happy-go-lucky boy. He's up for anything whenever. Oh, yeah. So he's just my chill guy. <laughs> uh, and it's been interesting because you, you can kind of tell, and those of you who know the Walters know where we're kind of going, but if you don't know them, this cancer is about to come back in this yeah. story. And just watching Y'all go through it, but also watching each of the boys mm-hmm. and just, you know, their kind of how they were going through it yeah. as well. We all went through it together, you know. He really did. And I tell you the thing that um that has really impressed me among many things about your boys, um, I wasn't a Christian when my father died at age fourteen and I just decided I hated God. And it was that event, you know, that really, you know, made me want to turn away from God and I've just seen your boys just turn to God, and y'all have just been this wonderful unit of, of, um, of uh, bowing before God's pres- uh, uh, providence and, and just wa- prayerfully walking through that. So um, when was it that I remember, I don't remember the time, but I remember it yeah. very well. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. When was that? Um, that was two years ago in April. Yeah. Um, so what, 2019, mm-hmm. April 1st, um, he had been experiencing some pain again and had gone to the doctor and they really didn't, his general doctor and really weren't concerned at the time, didn't see anything. And we were about to come up for the yearly scans, um, mm-hmm. that next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just was having real bad pain and coming and going. And then that Saturday evening, it just... It was a blow. He just was in severe, severe mm. pain on the floor, and I could barely get him to the hospital mm. that early that morning. Mm. Um, so we got there, and he was admitted, and they weren't sure. They they weren't sure what it was, and they said we have to do exploratory surgery. It could be scar tissue. You know, we don't know. I so, remember all of that. Yeah. Yep. And kind so. of a few head fakes where we thought it wasn't. Right. Yeah, I exactly. remember that too. Yeah. It was a roller coaster ride for for a lot of us who love y'all and yes. we're right in there with you. Yes. It's where I met your parents, I think, in the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So we, when they did the surgery, they were just going to do it laparoscopically. And the surgeon called me and said, we had to open them up. It was just a mess. And we Hmm. saw a lot of stuff in there and we're just not sure. And so my world just kind (laughs) of, I was just on the floor of the hospital room talking to her on the phone at the time and just... You know, she said it, it, it looks, we don't know, but it looks like it's spread. So through those next yeah. days, they did lab tests and they said, well, preliminary results look like it's okay. And it's just scar tissue. And that's, that's when we yeah, saw Yeah, that you. was the head fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I think it was that Thursday, um, d- the day before Doug had had a horrible day mm. with pain, just terrible, terrible pain. And the doctor said she didn't have the heart to tell us that day and she came in the next morning and he was a little bit better and then she came in early that morning and told us that the cancer was back. You know, one of the things that I have been so amazed by, when people go through cancer, and I've been a pastor for 34 years or something like that. I have to, I need to tally that up some, <laughs> at some point. But, um, you know, there are people that go, you know, I just accepted it and it was okay and I never had a moment emotional, you know, I just trusted Jesus, you know. And then there are people who are like, I wasn't sure Jesus was still there for a while, you know. And mm-hmm. y'all have been so real. Um, and, and Doug, starting with you, just talking with you, it's like um, the feeling I got was, you know, Joseph, this just felt like I got hit in the gut. I mean, it just scares It's scary. It's hard. I have so appreciated because I've watched y'all really trust the Lord. And for those of y'all out there listening right now, those do go together. Being a real person, experiencing real, and not just cancer, but real emotions by what you go through, it's okay to experience things. That's how we know what we bring to God. We don't have to live in a kind of plastic smile denial. Um, You know, we'll get there with the Lord. And, And that journey... As y'all know, with your journey, it's very circuitous, you know, very, a lot of twists and turns. But I've really, and, and Kristen, the same with you, you know, I've really appreciated um, just how y'all have just testified to being real people with a real need and needing real faith and just walking with God through this. I want to thank you for that. I feel like, you know, you have to uh, to be real to identify what you're feeling. I remember reading in Mary Beth Chapman, um, her book. They had lost a child, and she said she had to to identify her feelings. This is what I feel. I feel this way. I feel scared. I feel mad. I feel, but this is what I know, mm. and I know the rock and the foundation that God is and who he is. And mm. that kind of pulls you back, but you mm-hmm. do, it's a process. And yeah. we still go through the process of yeah. it. And yeah. <laughs> still up and down. Absolutely. And I see, I love that. And you get, I mean, you try not to get down on yourself for feeling down because you can look in the scriptures and look at David and, mm-hmm. and, you know, David's sitting there, you know, why are you downcast? So my soul, mm-hmm. why? So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's in, People in the Bible are like a lot more real yeah. than a lot of modern people. And and Jesus, Jesus in the garden. Especially southern ones. Yeah. <laughs> Back Je- to your point. Jesus in the garden wasn't sitting there singing, oh, I'm so happy that I'm yeah. going through this. He, yeah. he, was, he was crying out. He Sweating was, blood. Yeah. And I mean, it, that's real. I mean, you yeah. feel it. You feel it. But but you yeah. you just have to keep preaching to yourself the truth that, you know, this is in God's plan, and this is He's got this under under control, and yeah, you know, 
You just got to trust him because. Now, I've really been a part of this journey with y'all and have watched. And, you know, preachers certainly, we preach every Sunday, we teach and we do. And so, you know, a part of what we do is want to share, you know, what God's like, what walking with God's like. And you see from our repentance as well, you know, here's, I had a bad attitude, you know, um, I need Jesus just like y'all need Jesus. But the other way we learn about Jesus it isn't just the preacher show. It really is the one another commands. And, you know, we, we live with one another and we teach one another. We demonstrate the reality of the faith to one another. That's a powerful, and God's really used y'all. And um, and just and also watching your boys. One of the things that we had talked about uh, before we started today. Uh, shout out to you, Sissy uh, Jackson and Danny Jackson. Sit right behind the Walters. Love y'all. <laughs> we all do. Um, but kind of what amazed us about those those young men because they're not just boys anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like when when Doug was too sick to come to church. You know, we we had a telecast or internet cast or whatever it's called streaming and Christian would stay with Doug and those boys would come to church alone in fact I was so impressed uh, and y'all saw this through the camera uh, I pointed them out I said I said I just can't not say something I remember that so clearly Doug and I were in the bed we had just gotten home from the hospital yeah and, and seeing that 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 was just that was a beautiful service. See our boys sitting there. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, where are we with things physically with you, Doug? Um, right now, uh, I had surgery. I had another surgery back. He had three surgeries within a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, well, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of told my doctor we 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 go to Oshner's. Oshner's has a amazing clinic down in New Orleans. The, yeah, it's for this. Uh, just for this type of cancer, it's one of the best in the in the world, yeah. and um, and we're so blessed that it's so close. Yeah. Uh, but you know, after all those surgeries, I was just, I'm I'm tired of surgery for now. <laughs> yeah. So my we talked we were talking to my doctor, and they took they have a tumor board where they go with oncologists, surgeons. Um, I mean, they have, I don't know, multidiscipline board, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they. Um, Discuss my case after surgery because I still have some some cancer in in there that they they weren't able to get, um, mm-hmm. and then I have some little small stuff that's mm-hmm. that's kind of spread out everywhere that's not really dangerous yet, mm-hmm. but it would get it will get dangerous if because I it's it slow growing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. slow growing, um, and so they they uh, they recommended a treatment called PRRT. It's a it, it's where they actually take a radioactive, I think it's an isotope. And they, it's attracted, the tumors attract this certain isotope. That's amazing. So they attach a radioactive substance to it, and it, they infuse it in me it, through a drip. So it goes in, and so I have to go down to, to Oshner's every uh, eight weeks and for four treatments. Wow. And we're halfway through. We're halfway okay. through. Okay. And it, it's about an 80% effective. So what it can do is... Um, if it works, uh, it will freeze my cancer for three years or more. Yeah, uh, and and pretty much either either stop it or make it go back. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and some people, it really does amazing. It gives yeah. them years and years. Yeah. And, and so we're praying that this works and yeah. I can go without surgery for a while. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Okay. That, that so uh, that's a great segue to say uh, we need, we're collecting prayer about this, <laughs> even through this podcast. And there are people from like different countries that are listening. Uh, I, there's a record of like all the countries that listen. Um, I know it's kind of wild that we're sitting in my, our office talking to people eventually in different countries when they listen. But um, so y'all pray uh, for Doug and just that 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 this cancer would come under control. Pray for the eradication of it. Let's swing for the fences, y'all, in prayer. Uh, and, uh, and just pray for he and Kristen, um, just as they kind of walk through that, you know, just to hear Doug say, well, there's still cancer in my body, you know, and, and that's just like a reality. Um, so let's pray for them and pray for those boys. And, uh, in the meantime, let's just keep living life in Jesus together. We are so thankful for the good days, you know, the, the mundane days, the days that there's no treatment, no surgeries. <laughs> and, and God's been so gracious because, you know, yeah. I, I've had these treatments. I go back to work the next day. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's amazing. I, yeah, and it, I've really had very little side effects. It's, he's been so gracious to us. Okay, yeah. well, we're picking up some prayer here today. Uh, real quick, just a few perspectives on Highlands. Oh, yeah. We, when we, um, when Doug had that first surgery, we had been coming for a couple of years and just starting, you know, to, to getting to know people and yeah. form relationships. And we love our covenant class and really getting to know them. And I mean, it was literally the hands and feet of Jesus mm-hmm. that were just around us. It, you know, it was out of the blue and it was just a bomb dropped on us and, People just gathered physically and emotionally yeah. and spiritually around us from every avenue. Yeah, it was it, it was, was overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it was overwhelming. I love I love hearing that. It was overwhelming. Mm. It was you know in this horrible time when we had so much fear and emotion, you know God just sent another person in, sent another text, sent another gift, mm. sent. You know, in times where we didn't know he wasn't working or getting paid at the time, yeah. we would get a gift financially. We would get a me- meals for days. <laughs> Highlands is good at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, got, we got lots of food. It was great. And, yes. and, and you, Joseph, you and Brad, and I mean, you were all just right there. Well, it, was, we, it was wonderful. We have a very special love just the presence, I think, I, I learned so much through that. Just the presence of being there in joy and in sorrow mm-hmm. and in everything. Um, just so beautiful to see. Yeah. Well, y'all are very loved. And if you want to meet the Walters, just uh, if you come to Highlands, uh, you can find me or Brad Mercer or one of the pastors and say, I want to meet that couple, um, and we will introduce you. I know they wouldn't y'all love to meet somebody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come by row four. Listen, this has been just great. Uh, thank you for for driving here to my office. I asked him Sunday, can you come Tuesday? I want I want the people to hear. Thank you for being a part of this. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>